Hey everyone, welcome to Mormons on Mushrooms. Thank you for joining us. We thought we'd put this at the beginning of every episode. Wanted to make sure that we clarify that going in, you know that on this podcast, we talk about some wild stuff. We go places mentally and emotionally and spiritually uh, that are all over the map. And we don't do any pre-prep with our guests. And so anything that our guests express is new to us. We try not to edit out much of it. And it does not necessarily reflect the views of Mike and I, but we do want this to be a platform for people to hear different views and to uh, sit with that. In addition, we often talk about subjects that could be triggering for certain types of trauma. And uh, if you are one of those people, like me, uh, I think that we just want to give you fair warning and ask that you uh, take the steps necessary to keep yourself uh, in a good space. Thanks again for listening. have to go grab a lighter and it seems pretty far (laughs) that does does seem like a lot of work for hello hi steve hey there he is how's it going what's happening man living the dream day by day yeah so you're you're in the public library is that what you said no so i live in a high rise in downtown salt lake in uh ah okay yeah i don't know what's going on but the internet in my place is uh it's uh not that good. So here I am. Here, so I don't know what's behind me. It looks like a great uh, shelf of DVDs and maybe books. I don't know what's going on back there. Yeah, it looks like a lot of lot of lot of bad books. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're preaching to the converted on on internet. I live in the woods where we get no internet, so I have to come to my actual office when we when we record. I live up kind of in the in the hills where I've 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 requested internet a number of times, and the the answer I keep getting is. No, we don't have it, and we have no plans of putting it up there. I mean, you do have running water up there, which is nice. That's we, yeah. Well, we have our own, we have our own well and septic <laughs> system. Yeah, but you have flushies. We do have like we can flush. No outhouse. Good. Good. We got a bid for uh, solar power, and you know, I think those solar pa- power companies are kind of funny. They were like, okay, what's your, what's your average power bill, and then we'll give you a quote. I'm like. Mm, why don't we go by how much usage and then yeah. you can give me a quote. <laughs> no dice. That's funny. The sun is more expensive when you get, get away from the towns. That's right. That's right. <laughs> now you pay premium to use that sun if you're up in the, up in the mountain. Well, thank you so much for, uh, I'm, I'm Doug. The guy to my immediate left is Mike. I don't know where he is on your screen. Yep. Hello. So, so it's funny. I've tripped with a number of your guests. Uh, you hit on Adam and uh, Eric, and uh, who else? Then you hit on Miriam. So, yeah, I've tripped with a lot of your guests. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure more to come too. Yeah. <laughs> so, are y'all enjoying it? You having fun with this? 
I mean, it's been so good. I, I like I was, I think when we, we, maybe we were even saying this, Steven, it's been maybe a couple of months since we talked to you over the phone, but you know, when we launched this thing, I turned to Doug in the beginning and we're like, we're going to meet the coolest fucking people. Yeah. Yeah. And we are meeting the coolest fucking people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I enjoyed that integration thing we had. What was that? 10 days ago or so, you know, that you guys put on. Oh, the um, trip and trip trip and testimony. Is that what you're talking about? The yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that was a nice. It was fun. I hope we we keep doing those. I think I think there'll be fun things to do. It yeah, was cool. something to bring bring people together. Yeah, but and maybe this is not. Maybe we start from here. Maybe we end with this. But I would love to hear how it went last Saturday. My okay. my father in law. It was uh, he passed, and so it was his funeral oh, that day. Sure. So I wasn't able to join. But looking forward to future. Uh, what do we call them? Ceremonies? Yeah. Assemblies, ceremonies. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Worship services, sacrament meetings, sacrament meeting. Hell yeah. Are y'all having some good trips? Good growth? Yes. Um, at, that's the, uh, the way I would answer your question about, are we enjoying this is, you know, when Mike and I, we, when we talked about even doing a podcast, you know, we're, we're, we're complete new, like babes in the woods type of thing when it comes to all of this. So, I mean, as far as our our understanding of it, uh, the language we use as far as, you know, how to, how to describe certain things, but man, the things we've learned from the guests that we've had on the things that we've had to like learn ourselves as people have talked about them and stuff like that. It's been pretty, it's been pretty fun. I, I, I uh, went to Lava Hot Springs this morning and, and tripped on mushrooms. And so I'm still in like a, uh, yeah, I'm still in like a going. Yeah. Yeah. I had some, I, I had some good giggles and just some good, uh, uh, just a sense of understanding how everything worked together and not being able to put it into words, but being okay with it and, and feeling like, yeah, yeah. Again, I'm still in the afterglow of it, but man, what a, what a, I was beaming today. It was just such a perfect setting for me. I was wondering why you were glowing so much. I mean, it's not just the candlelight over there. There's something no, else going on. <laughs> yeah, I still got some stuff rattling around in there that I'm I'm still kind of pro- processing. Awesome. Well, Steve, I've been looking forward to this one for a long time, ever since we talked to you over the phone a couple uh, months ago. And that was right when you were starting, or maybe that was first I was hearing about it, of the Divine Assembly. But maybe, I don't know where we want to go with this. Uh, we want to start kind of a little bit with your journey, or if you want to talk more about the Divine Assembly, or if you want to talk about recent trips, um, we're game for whatever. I mean, you know, everyone who's done it has has their trip stories. Um, you know, maybe my unique thing is the Divine Assembly, so start there if you want, maybe. And, you know, as part of that, obviously I will talk about my journey and some of the experiences I'm having. Yeah, Let's start there then. I mean, maybe just introduce yourself. I think anybody listening to this is going to either know you and have, have tripped with you or, or know of you and what you're doing, but maybe just uh, what you're willing to introduce and tell us about Tell us about the Divine Assembly and what your intentions are and what what's on the horizon. Sure. Um, I'm Steve Urquhart. I live in Salt Lake City. Um, I'm a lawyer. I was in the Utah legislature for 16 years. Um, I got out of the legislature and immediately uh, started exploring psychedelics and uh, had my first trip in Amsterdam in 2017 
with my wife. That was a lot of fun. And uh, then really got into mushrooms and started moving more toward the spiritual side. Um, I mean, I think it's always spiritual, you know, even if we don't know it is. I think there's kind of uh, uh, good, beneficial, spiritual use. And then there's, you know, stupid and harmful use. And so as long as you're not doing stupid, harmful use, it's spiritual, even if we don't recognize it. So one thing led to another and I realized, wow, I'm having better experiences than I ever had inside the Mormon church and much more profound. Uh, This feels like religion to me. And I had been fighting in the Utah legislature for LGBTQ rights. And a lot of that is we're fighting against the Mormon church to secure those rights in Utah. And uh, I learned a lot about the Religious Freedom Restoration Act and First Amendment protections. And I thought, well, you know, the visions I'm having, I'll rank them with any mystic that's ever walked the earth, but they're not better than anyone who's ever been on your show or is listening, right? You get in that wonderful space. And so I said, this is a religion. Let's go. So I started the Divine Assembly. Um, We have a magic mushroom psilocybin sacrament. Does that tee it up? That Perfect. (laughs) I mean, that's a, that's a mouthful. One of the things I love right there, Steve, is you were saying, so the first one was in 2017, your first experience. I mean, Doug and I, we talk about how we're pretty newbies at this too. I mean, ours was 2018. Yeah. Um, It's just amazing to me how quickly the plants can work with you, you know, and how quickly they can kind of call you to an adventure in a way. Well, I'm I'm sure you get this too, but since I put a stake in the ground and I'm trying to build community and just like you're doing, I mean, that's how we became connected, right? And we're connecting to other neat, interesting people, seekers. Um, That's what I love. I've never encountered anyone's ceremony who's like, you know, I'm just, I want to know how I can screw over someone in a real estate deal. That's what I'm looking to get. (laughs) It's all people wanting to do better in their, their lives and better with the people around them. And uh, so I was talking with someone today because people now they call me all the time. Like I know something I'm quick to say, I don't really know a whole lot, but uh, he had had one experience and fortunately it was a good experience. And so I said, look, as we talk, let's just be clear. I don't know anything you don't know because you have experienced it. You've been in this mystical state of consciousness. So we know the same stuff. Let's just compare notes here. Uh, Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here kind of distracted because I'm thinking, wow, what would the what would the Utah legislature look like if more of its members went down the path of exploring plant and fungi medicine? You know, I can just speak to my own journey that it's made me uh, a lot more empathetic and uh, also more secure, you know, and yeah. uh, just I want to do better things to to the world and and for people around me. And I think I connect better with people. So I have to think it'd be a good thing. I would like the Utah legislature to first just understand alcohol. And (laughs) (laughs) we can baby steps, baby steps. steps. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, that's interesting. Oh, I just was going to say it's interesting, but like statistically, and I think, I mean, I speak for at least myself here, but the dangers of alcohol are so much more significant than some of the things that we're going to talk about today. And yet here we, and yet here we are all agreeing. I think when you, when you made that kind of joke, Mike, it's like, yeah, let's start with like the easy stuff. Uh, Let's start with, uh, you know, you can, you can have more than one 
alcoholic beverage at your table at dinner in a Utah restaurant uh, or, or just understanding the impact of, of alcohol. It's like, no, man, fuck it. Why don't we start with the the heavy hitters? Let's start with the dive, Let's dive in the deep end. So I will tell you something cool. Uh, my wife and I, we go for a walk every morning. So we were walking by the Capitol and they were going to have a meeting a legislator pulled over and said, I love what you're doing um, with the divine assembly. I, I joined what's next. And so then another one pulled up. And uh, so he said, how you doing? How's the profit? And uh, so I said, no, no, I'm still a lawyer. That's what I do for it. And he said, I just think it's cool. He said, I think this is a good thing. Let's, let's hang out sometime and talk about this. So oh, man, that's it's so interesting. Awesome. It's interesting how people are open to the idea. And I think that speaks to the world changing around us and maybe the consciousness of the world elevating a bit. Yeah. And just how far it's come. I mean, look at, you know, what's happened with weed in the last four, eight years, you know, and yeah. I think this year we're going to start seeing a similar thing here now with, you know, what happened in Oregon with the election with psilocybin um, being, Canada. Well, yeah, Canada as well. Uh, one of the cool things I just want to touch upon that you were saying Steve and how we're getting all connected. I had a cool experience with a, like a medicine shaman woman. I don't know the right term, I guess. <laughs> uh, a few week, a few weekends ago. Shop, shop, shop person. Shop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she was, she uh, was talking to me about the, the mycelium and she was saying how we're seeking out the mycelium for our sickness, but the mycelium is also looking for the sickness. It's wanting to heal us and it's making these connections. So like the mycelium is also working to connect people like you with us, with other people. Um, just since we launched the podcast, all we did was just kind of put out an Instagram page and all of a sudden my, it's like connecting people. And we're talking about the coolest fucking people to us. The mycelium knows who we should connect with and it's bringing people to us. And I thought yeah. it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we grew up in an age of uh, frozen food and microwave food, Wonder Bread. That's that's not really what humans are. I mean, of course, we we are very connected to the plants. Uh, that was life. That was sustenance, and it's it's only very recently that that has changed. So, yeah, we evolved together. We need each other, and we help each other. Yeah, that's so true. It's interesting you bring that up because I think probably younger folks won't know what I'm talking about, but I grew up with meals from the Schwann men. I don't know. Y'all remember yeah, the Schwann yeah. men who, would, yeah, I mean, that was, they, they invented Uber eats basically. Right. I mean, it was like home food delivery, ready to go. And yet um, now we're in this return to, well, what is the earth providing for us to eat? What What is there out there? That's just, laying around that we can pick. And Mike and I did a, a Mike and I did a, a, a program with a lady who was really about raw foods. And we were, we were like, well, what do you even eat? And she's like, it's laying around. She, she was talking about going and harvesting a dandelion salad on her lunch breaks and just putting it all together and squeeze, picking a lemon off of her tree and squeezing that onto the thing to make, give it a little bit of, you know, zest. Yeah. And it's, I, I really think that along with some of the things we're talking about with um, you know, the governing bodies uh, legalizing some of these things. It's also a return for humans to realize the abundance that is available to us if we just change some of our non-currently legally ambiguous habits. 
you know? Yeah, I, I grew up in Houston. And uh, so, you know, city kid, big city. And we had banana trees, but it was too cold for, you know, to produce fruit. So we must have had a warm winter, warm year. And so one year it produced bananas. I mean, the most beautiful bunch of bananas. And uh, I didn't eat them because I figured, well, they can't be any good. They can't be good for me. They came from the store. They'll probably kill me. So, uh, yeah, I did not grow up connected to plants. That's for sure. How much of our lives have, have we have we done that with? Not just with our food. You know, we even talk about, you know, my father-in-law passed away a couple weekends ago and just thinking about with death and the death, you know, industrial complex that we have here and just how much of nature. I mean, I remember seeing a, a post recently about it, the movement, the decriminalized nature movement. Yeah. Where, you know, we have these plants like weed or mushrooms that are growing from the ground. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And and we are saying they're illegal. Well, and- it's when when the when 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 the dam burst on cannabis, I think that that's going to blow out every dam downstream. And so you're seeing how fast we're evolving with psilocybin. You see what Oregon did with decriminalizing uh, all drugs. Um, you know, and that model works. I teach uh, public health at the U of U medical school. So, you know, I teach this stuff. I study this stuff. And you look what Portugal did with controlled substances. It moved from a police model to a public health model and it works. And I think we're going to get wiser on these things. And uh, we're, we're, we're headed into some neat times. I love it. And Mormons on mushrooms is a big part of it. (laughs) We hope to be a part of it. (laughs) Right. We are, if we we can all be a part and uh, reach out to people around us and interconnect, then yeah, we'll help each other get there. Yeah. So I'm curious. So you said 2017, how is that coinciding with your uh, relationship with Mormonism at the time? So I got out of Mormonism probably 2009 and uh, it was an ugly exit. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I had been busy checking boxes and racking up celestial Bitcoin and so I hadn't really <laughs> developed my own ethical, moral compass. And it was Stevie Boy. Uh, Stevie Boy lived large for a few years. It was a shit show. And it was uh, it was not good for the marital relationship and the family. It was, uh, it was bad. It was ugly. And I was doing it on a public stage. And so, you know, just hiding, hiding, hiding. I mean, there wasn't anything I wasn't doing. Wow. Well, I mean, you're speaking to something that's really, you know, you do, I mean, there's been a script given to you your whole life and missed opportunities along the way, missed, missed, we're talking about a call to adventure that the plant medicine's kind of given us, but missed calls to adventures along the way too, probably. And then all of a sudden that's just stripped away at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And so, I mean, I just, you lose your, you lose your faith and you're just kind of scrambling to figure what's up, what's down, what's right, what's wrong. And so, you know, I, I pretty quickly, I, life's better when you say yes, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I said yes to some bad things. And so pretty quickly I uh, got deep into alcohol and, um, you know, Oxycontin and opioids and uh, bad stuff, bad stuff follows, you know? But so it's been when I got out of the legislature, it was I was wounded. My wife was wounded. Uh, We were just trying to keep from, you know, becoming tabloid fodder. And uh, uh, it was scary. And so 
had some big things I wanted to accomplish there and then just wanted to get my ass off that stage. And, uh, we, uh, we went to Amsterdam, um, just as Steve Earle says, uh, Amsterdam was always good for healing. And, uh, that's where we fell into. And I mean, absolutely fell into ayahuasca and psychedelics and, um, you know, our relationship is amazing right now. And it's, it's been just an incredible journey of discovery and, um, you know, excited that I have an opportunity now to share with others and, you know, if they can find some similar healing through the psilocybin sacrament, then just pleased and honored to play a part in that. I mean, I'm, that's what I joke around. I love to joke around, but I'm very serious about the sacred elements of, uh, of this sacrament and of the religious practice that we are establishing. So what was the, I mean, was it a, was it a joint journey? You, you, you went to Amsterdam. That seems like a seminal experience for, for both of you, but your, your marital person, uh, what was her, her experience? Like, I mean, you're, you're talking about things, things were bad. Uh, she was hurt. You were hurting. Um, was, was there kind of a, someone kind of moves ahead, someone plays catch up, or was it kind of like a, a, a group effort of like, okay, this is a way for us to try to try something to heal. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So um, the only thing, so I wasn't, I hadn't been opening mail for months at a time. I mean, there was one stretch where I didn't open mail for eight months, just anxiety. And I knew that notice would come, okay, your good life's over time for you to assume your shit life and live under a bridge. And so I just, I'm not stupid. I wasn't going to open that letter. And uh, so obviously that compounds everything. Then there are scary things coming for a lawyer, a senator. And um, so life was just, I was so barely functional yet in the legislature, I was extraordinarily functional, uh, you know, past major LGBTQ legislation. I was chairing the higher ed approach committee. And I mean, I could get shit done because that was escape. That was a great place to escape and pretend, have this pretend life. But then outside of that setting, I was not functional in any way. And so she had just been carrying my carcass for a few years. And by the time we got, got me off that stage um, without big headlines, she was exhausted. And so she was beat up and um, she just mourned for a couple of years. And uh uh, so, you know, I'm like, I'm ready, like, okay, wow, I'm healing. I'm having these great things. And so she's kind of like, all right, that's great. Fuck you. And, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, she always loved me and always knew that, you know, she saw the good in me when I didn't, but, uh, it, it was, we'd been living separate lives together. And then, uh, she had some deep healing to do and it's been a little back and forth and it's really kind of only recently that, we are firing on all four cylinders. And um, I'll tell you, you know, do you want me to lay back and give you the full psychotic side? Yes, this is a, this is a very that. meandering long form podcast. We oh, want good. So, yeah. so I'll tell you, I'm so embarrassed by this, but I had mommy issues. That's what it was. I had freaking mommy issues and <laughs> connection <laughs> issues. Yeah. And so I just, I just wasn't standing on my own two feet. You know, there was no Steve there. It was, who could I glom onto? So I glommed on to Sarah and, uh, 1990. And there was an us instead of a me and a Sarah that came together. And, um, you know, that's kind of really what I'm recently learning is I am an independent, autonomous being. And the more I stand on my own two feet, 
the stronger I am and the more I can be there for other people. And there's just no fucking way in hell I would have got there without psychedelics. Right. I mean, right. I can shut down a conversation. I can shift it. I mean, you know, and I just wasn't ready to receive. Yeah. But I love how you said, you know, you, you gone, because I do think I, maybe I'm just speaking to my own experience here, but I think it's pretty common in a religion like Mormonism, especially people getting married at a young age where you don't know yourself yet. You, there's a lot of codependency yeah. in Mormon uh, marriages where after a while, it's like, who am I connecting with? You become so enmeshed in each other that you don't know where you start or when you end. And there's been something beautiful about, you know, from my own experience about uh, my person and I going on separate journeys in a way. Yeah. But now when we come home at night together, there's a fascinating person to connect with. Right. On the other side of the bed. Yeah. And I'm you like, do. You're much more fascinating, right? Because you're yes. independent. And-, and so our conversations, we'll go out, go out for drinks. And I feel like there's no end to her mystery now, you know, whereas before it's like, well, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about the kids. We're going to talk about that. I know, you know, or it's a, this assumption that I think I know everything about her when I don't. Yeah. But it's, it's a fascinating thing that you can actually become more, the, the enmeshment will actually drive you apart because you're not being yourselves. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. There's no such thing as an us in uh, trying to live in that space. It's, it's disastrous. So in Amsterdam, So my wife is very pragmatic. She has her lists. And so she went into the session with a list, the ceremony list of five things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I starred in two and a half of those. And uh, (laughs) one was just Steve question mark, you know, what I do, (laughs) what I do with this creature. And uh, so the answer she very clearly got is uh, that I love her as much as I can. And she wrote this down and showed it to me. Steve loves me as much as he can it's not enough. And so we were like, okay, what do we do? You know, these years that she's healing, does she live with someone who doesn't love her fully? Doesn't know how to can't, does she settle? She loves me. What do we, and it never occurred to us that I could love her more. And uh, so that's the process that I've been going through is I saw my soul and you know, I used to stand out on this corner as a crossing guard. I mean, tell me this isn't metaphorical. I had my sash and my badge and I picked the one where no one would come, you know, and I just sit there and cry. This was, I was 10 years old. I just cry. Then I'd scan if someone's coming, I'd wipe my tears. And I was just so alone. Uh, you know, brother had committed suicide. He was one of my one sanctuaries because he hated my father and my father knew that he shouldn't mess with that son. And so I was safe in there. It was him and all his hippie friends. And then I had my grandpa's place, his dairy. He died too. I was just all fucking alone. And, you know, I think part of it is I joined Mormonism when I was 10 years old. And so I think I was probably a normal 10 year old who, you know, went through trauma. But man, every man, every woman on the planet, I'm realizing has more trauma than that. Right. Cause it's men true. Are, men are fucks. And uh, so, <laughs> so it's just normal, normalish stuff that I didn't process because when I was 10 years old, I got the answer key, right. Yeah. I didn't have to work through things. And wow. so I think it's kind of arrested development that I'm stuck on that corner in that lonely place when I was 10 years old. So, you know, I don't know how much you would want to get into it, but I saw my soul 
My soul was not this victim, weak, stupid kid. My soul's awesome. And that changed my inner talk. And then I realized that I, uh, I have a good story if you want to go into it, but um, please go into it. Please. Please. Yes. Do you want to hear it all? Do we have, yes. you can figure out whatever you don't like. Dude, well, no, we, please, we, dude. We okay. want to hear all. <laughs> okay. It's, it's fun stuff. So I'm on a, going into when, when the medicine starts kicking in, I see this Polynesian warrior just muscle on muscle, you know, and it's magnificent and tatted up. So I just go up and I'm just right in his grill. I'm just checking him out. I'm, I'm in awe. And so he sees me and he just reverences me. And uh, that's the first time I've told that without crying. And so uh, I'm like, weird. Then I get into the ceremony. So I'm on that corner, Ridgecrest and Ridgeview in Houston, which if you've been there, I should have known life is a, is a fraud because there's no ridge. It's Houston. It's all flat, right? But so I'm on Ridgecrest and Ridgeview. And uh, so I'm there in the ceremony. And I'm just, I see how alone I was and desperate. And uh, just scream, not to any individual. You know, my brother committed suicide. No adult talked to me about it. His hippie buddies talked to me about it. And um, So I'm back on that corner all alone. And so the guide, Giancarlo, I'm talking to him about it. And he said, this no longer serves you. You should let it go. And I'm like, okay, fuck you. That's pretty flipping, you know, to how am I just supposed to? And I said this, I said, I said, how am I supposed to let go of something? I don't comprehend. I don't. And so I love him because you can't offend him. He just, he said, I don't know. He said, lay back and ask the medicine. And so <laughs> then he did this cool ceremony where he's like, he buries me and he's throwing rose petals on me. And, um, you know, I did. I just, I, I realized my childhood, it just was, huh. oh. I mean, that's, that's not an answer, but that was the complete answer. It just was. And so I could let it go. And then I went to the bathroom and I'm looking in the mirror, which I always love to do when I'm, uh, you know, yeah, in, in that spot and looking back at me was this Polynesian warrior, you know? Hell yeah. And so I realized I'm looking at my soul and I was strong as fuck when I was on that corner, yeah. you know, and I got through. And so, that. you know, that, that my self-talk has just been wonderful since that point, And it never was before. Oh my gosh. Wow. I love that. Polynesian where I feel like I'm talking to a Polynesian where it's right so cool. <laughs> Damn, dude. Oh, it's cool. So, so should I keep going from there? Yeah. One, one thing I want to say one thing about yeah. that, because there's something about seeing it, your soul. Right. And I talk about this, Doug, when we talk about my, our first mushroom trip we did together, I felt like my soul snapped into place and I knew yep. who I was. And I had this exp cool experience, uh, like a few weekends ago, my wife and, and I did MDMA. Uh, it's been like a quarterly thing. You know, we try to space it out to like, you know, not fry our brains but like <laughs> in love. yeah it's such yeah. a great night but uh during during this time it was funny so middle of the night she uh she was like laying back on this couch and her head was upside down and she's like mike you've got to do this with me like, okay <laughs> so i laid next to her and my head is upside down and we're just we're just laying there upside down and i'm like Babe, I think this is like top five moment for me. Because oh. what I was doing, there was something about laying upside down. It wasn't about laying upside down, but it was just like I was feeling my soul. Yeah, and wow. I was feeling I was feeling her soul. 
and these like create these like essences of who we were just being like hey we're on earth right now babe and we're just like we're playing on earth you know oh it's awesome <laughs> and like this is what we came for is to play on earth and we're doing this upside down on ecstasy in the middle of the night and it was one of those moments where it's like i saw my soul like this playful like little being or whatever i am and it was beautiful <laughs> that's that's so funny so you just switched your perspective you're looking at things upside down yeah. and in that zone you saw your soul that's really cool yeah i saw mine and i felt hers next to me and we were both there and i'm like this is a huge moment for me <laughs> There's always just so much going on when we're in that zone, the layers, the reality that's metaphorical, the metaphors that actually are the reality we're not yet seeing. I, I, before you, I want to hear you con finish or com continue that story, Steve, but I have to like also jump in real quick here because you had mentioned uh, that perpetual state of, of arrested development that exists. I, I, I think very intensely within um, certain religious cultures, Mormonism being one of them. But the book I just finished uh, is called Nature and the Human Soul. And the, the, the author, the basic thesis is that uh, all of humanity is in this state of what he calls patho-adolescence, this pathological uh, cycle of adolescence. And there are systems in place to keep us in that cycle, you know, the, the, the normal cycle of uh, youth, adolescence, adulthood, and old age, and then death is part of really every, you look at nature, you look at uh, human being, you, you look at everything. There's the, the seasons, there, there's just this, this cycle. But there are uh, institutions that are in place to keep humankind in this perpetual state of what he calls patho-adolescence. Yeah. And in a recent trip that we, uh, that I, I had, that I was kind of mentioning to you guys earlier, I really kind of started digging into that a little bit. And the, uh, what you had mentioned about you, you, you reach this certain age and then you get married. And a lot of times when you're getting married at a very young age, you're looking for a mommy wife or a, or a daddy husband. And everything in between, you know, based on gender identity and sexual orientation and all that kind of stuff. And I'm totally fine with that. But I really started thinking about my wife and her role as my mommy wife. And then me in my role as her daddy husband. Now, two very different relationships. I could never live up to my wife's father. I, I never could. I, I, there's just no chance. And so for the last 20 years, I've been stuck in this state of trying to live up to an unattainable goal. It's like, you know, you know, in Greek mythology, you know, Tantalus is in the pool of water and he's just, the, the fruit is just barely out of reach, right? I'm in that perpetual state. Meanwhile, rather than being your awesome self. Ra rather than just being my own unique identity, human person, fully formed that that brings something to the relationship and brings something to, you know, both of you just talked about this. There is no us. There is two unique identifying human people coming together. Meanwhile, while I'm trying to live up to that perpetual state of I'm not good enough, 
Um, I've talked a little bit about this and I'm, I'm improving it and it's better, but my relationship with my, with my mom, who is a great person, great mother, all the things, but for my wife to step into that role as mommy wife was super easy because she doesn't, I I'm, I'm fine. Just remove one, put the next one in there and I'm okay. And so while I'm dealing with this burden, what a burden to put on my uh, mate or special person or whatever we've decided to start calling these spousal arrangements, Mike, but what a burden to put on her where I'm doubling down on my perpetual state of, I, I've got to be something I've got to, I've got to be something for that person. And I've got to be a good boy and a good son for that new mommy wife. Right. And so it's so interesting to hear the two of you, because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sitting here going, okay, wait a minute. I've been really trying to get this stuff and these two are living it right now and talking openly about it and how beautiful it is and how, how, uh, what an amazing experience it's been with your spouses. By the way, I got a, I've got a great relationship with my wife, but I'm sitting here going, Whoa, what type of burden am I accepting? And am I putting on her to fulfill those parental roles for each other? Well, buckle up, because once you see it, you change it. And so you're quickly going to change that. I mean, for me, realizing that, yeah, I came needy, you know, like Sarah saved me and came as a little boy asking for permission rather than understanding I can do whatever the hell I want in life. I'm an independent, autonomous being. Do I choose to do things that will bring me together to this woman I love? I can do whatever I want. And so realizing that I do that, but rather than like, oh, shit, I can't do these things because Sarah won't let me. No, I can do whatever I want, but I'm going to choose to not do certain things. All of a sudden, I open the, the, the door to the jail, right? Mm-hmm. Where I'm, okay, I'm fine. I'm whole. So if you had that realization recently, uh, I want to talk back. I really do in, in a month and see where you are. Gladly. Yeah. Love I love. I think we'll have a lot of these conversations, Steve. <laughs> yeah. What's that? I think we'll have a lot of these conversations if yeah. you're open to it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, you, you two need to promise me now that we're going to trip together. Fuck yes. Dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love by choice rather than obligation was like a real theme for my, that trip where I was like, Oh wait, love, let her love you by choice and also love her by choice, not by obligation. Yeah. And it's like, you just, you just said it better than I did. You open the jail door and you're like, do what you want. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. Now I get to decide what I want and I want to love her. Right. Yeah. Wow. So, so I integrate with Sarah. She's, she's my best friend and all this. And she knows where I've been. I don't have to catch her up on anything. So I told her all of this. And so she's like, oh my God. She's like, I've, that's, I've been your mom. And so, you know, she just loves how I'm coming at her now. Just on my own two feet, just like, Hey, here's what's going on. This is what I'm thinking. And so these are not conversations we would have had before. And she's like, I'm like, that's what I'm thinking. That's where I am. And uh, so we'll just talk through things. And she loves that she's dealing with a man now, uh, you know, an adult rather than this child coming to, Hey, I kind of want to do this. And, you know, when I was in that spot, just like I would lie to my parents to get out to do something, I would lie to her rather than just saying, look, this is what I'm doing. This is so she loves it. So you're you're good things ahead. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, thank you. She's wow. free of the burden of carrying that for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Thanks, guys. So what's the uh, what's the second part of your story? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, anyway, back to the back Same to the channel. So back to the uh, so the very next ceremony. Um, so Stevie Boy is a sexual creature, and uh, didn't always handle that in good ways. Let's say. So that was part of, you know, the wilding after I left the church. And um, I fucking love so, this guy, by the way. I love you, Steve. I fucking love you. You you speak so truthfully and openly. It's amazing. Sorry to interrupt. I just love you, man. No, thank you. I can use the praise because it's new. And I'm like, am I fucking up here? It's I spent a fuck ton of my life lying and hiding and I'm done with it. And I'm kind of thinking, you know, I, I earned some gray hairs. Maybe there's some wisdom in it. And if I tell my story, it might help some other people and especially younger people. So in this next ceremony, um, I was a radio and I had one channel and it was sex. And so um, it was just, this was a long, long ceremony. And in my mind, it was wall to wall sex. And so, uh, you know, I'm integrating with my wife the next day. She said, was I there? And I said, you were there. It was not an exclusive role. That's for sure. Uh, There were, (laughs) You know, you were in the movie, but uh, um, <laughs> so this is just going on and on and on. I'm thinking this ain't right, man. This ain't right. I need to stop. And so uh, the guide, he's like, he's like, are you OK? I'm like, Shh. He's like, is it? I'm, like, Shh. I'm on fire. Shh. And uh, so then at some point, boom, I just instantly realize uh you know, my brain just kind of explodes and I realize, oh my God, it's not sex, it's connection. Yeah. You know, that that being, you know, a child inside in Mormonism doesn't help with this. It's like, you know, just did not relate to beautiful women as I should have. And, uh, and it came as a little boy in an incomplete way and misconstrued a desire for connection to be, okay, obviously we need to have sex. And so women who would come to me, maybe just wanting to connect or needing my strength or something, you know, I would misinterpret it. And there we are. And I'm not helping them. You know, I'm not helping them in this fake relationship with a married man at all. And so uh, I'm like, damn, I'm, I miss them. You know, some of these women I'm never going to see again because, you know, the way things were. And, and I regret that. I missed them. and I mourned them. And I told Sarah about that. And um, that if I had come more whole on my own two feet, uh, they'd still be in my life, you know, in good ways. And so I told her, look, there are these other women out here who I really want to connect with. And I want to learn how to do it in a non-sexual way. And so what I'm describing, if anyone's going, he's a misogynist, sexist fuck. Yeah. And so that's what I, I didn't know that until the medicine, you know, showed me that. And the way it first showed me, I'm going to backtrack a little. I had this experience where I saw all these lights. They're spectacular. And I'm like, God, this is wonderful. It's sort of familiar. What is it? And then I realized at some point, this is my wife. This is Sarah. And so I came home and told her that I said, wow, I don't, I don't think I've ever really seen you. I need to really see you. And so Anyways, I, I realized, okay, I'm really, what I long for is connection, not sex so much. And um, so realizing that, I'm like, oh, God, not only have I not connected with beautiful women, I haven't connected with anyone because I'm not whole. I'm incomplete. 
and then I'm thinking of my kids and, you know, my youngest daughter who the world comes at her fast. And I'm just sobbing in the ceremony, realizing I have never loved wholly and fiercely. I've only loved partially. I can love more. Are you following the story? This goes oh, back to the ayahuasca thing. Steve, where my wife, you have our full um, and rapt attention. But, but right here it is years later. I went back to my wife. She's like, and she, this is when she reminded me, she said, she went and got the paper. Do you remember this? That, you know, Steve loves me as much as he can. It's not enough. So I've just been learning to love since that moment. And wow. it's just been spectacular. Life is so much fun. Wow. And part of it is it carries over into my law practice. I'm going to say it carries over into every aspect. I have a couple clients now, they're pro bono clients that they just needed something. They were alone and lonely, like me on the corner of Ridgecrest and Ridgeview. So I'm like, you know what? You need a helping hand, just like I needed on that corner. I'm going to fucking regulate for you. Wow. And and so we connected rather than saying, yeah, hey, man, that's that's great. You know, here's some off the cuff advice, just macking on them mentally. I'm like, no, I'm just going to dig in and help and man these are just wonderful connections that i'm now building there are times during the last few months we've been doing this podcast where there's like a there's like a pause or a silence that washes over this thing and it's when someone is speaking a truth that is like it's something that we cannot process in the moment of we need to yeah. just sit with that because you're speaking something right now, dude. Like this is amazing. It's a journey. I have two more steps on it. If you want it. Yeah, I want it. Let me talk time on this step real quick. Let's get this because this is fascinating to me and Steve, and we've talked about this on the podcast with, it feels very synchronistic. And when we, with the timing of when we bring in, bring on guests, I feel like, you know how uh, I was talking about on ayahuasca, you know, you feel the dualities of how it's all about yourself, but then it's like, not you're like, you're, you're the most important person in the world. And then you're absolutely meaningless. Like the two yeah. dualities yeah. of it. Yeah. Well, sometimes I feel like this podcast, we're putting it out there, but it's really just for my benefit. <laughs> Honestly, Mike, you say that, but I'm here. Like I'm in the moment right now feeling like, is this all just for me? Like, am I just, are we doing this? Is this a big elaborate thing? Well, and this is this is this is me integrating. So I'm feeling the very same thing. Thank you. Oh, I've never told oh, this story comprehensively to anyone but my wife. Wow! Holy smoke! Because man. so the uh, the last full moon, I think it was on uh, Halloween night. We, yeah. my wife and I, did a full moon sound bath. I took a little bit of mushrooms, not much, just like a microdose. Uh, and the whole ceremony, I was feeling like this feminine energy, like rising on the planet. And I, it was a very sexual experience. I was doing the sound bath and it was all about sex, yep. but it was all about sex. Like you're talking about connection. And I was realizing that the sexual shame, you know, we as a society have put so many boundaries and protections and labels on sex and defined it in a certain way. And I, what I was learning that night was just about it's all, we all want to be connected, not only to each other, but to this energy that I felt rising out of the earth. That's what we're craving is this connection. And sex is a beautiful way to connect to that. And, but that's what it's about. And so you see, 
you know, in, in that, that night I was having these visions of people, you know, it was beautiful. It was, you know, beautiful sex, but then also like, uh, rape, incest, other types where it's like, people are just hurting and wanting to get connected. They're, they're just starving for connection. Yeah. And so you putting it in this way is just informing that trip and just on how much, how, yeah, the, the root of it being connection. Well, it's so weird. I, I didn't, I didn't edit, Mike edited the uh, Ashley episode. Uh, Steve, you had mentioned Ashley. And so I, it was, you know, there's an interesting, there's an interesting experience of recording these things that when you then listen to them again, a few, few days later, you hear all this new stuff and yeah. you kind of get it to wash over you again. Yeah. And, you know, when Mike and Ashley were talking about, I, I was kind of, I, I, I think I was kind of behind in that conversation a little bit because they were talking about some really enlightened sexuality and Ashley made a comment about sex. What, what if you could unlock that feeling of orgasm in all of your chakras instead of just the bottom two, which I had, I, I had to admit to myself and, and to the people around me, my whole life of sex has been, can I orgasm? Can I make her orgasm? And then can we call it a, you know, call it a shoot match. And it's, I think it's serendipitous that we're having this conversation on the heels of that conversation, because it's just adding step-by-step. And I know, Steve, I know we're step, we just finished step two of your uh, four or five step story, but like, it feels like we're just adding and that's why it gets hard for me. That That's why I get solipsistic all the time in this motherfucking thing, because I feel like, am I the only thing that exists and you guys are all just doing this to help me grow and learn and be a better version of myself? And you're just images on a screen. Oh my God, this is blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Step three. <laughs> okay, so step three. It was in, it was in the same ceremony where, uh, uh, you know, I realized that it's a uh, connection I long for and I'm misconstruing that as sex. And then I realized that I'm, uh, uh, I've never loved wholly and I'm just sobbing and then thunk. I feel, you know, a head hit my chest. And so a dear friend of mine, her hair's all over, over my face and she's just crying on my chest and her boyfriend comes over and, you know, it was really sweet. And so I'm like, okay, and then uh, I realized that I'm about to see the beast inside me. I saw my soul. It's glorious. I also have a beast inside me. And uh, I have a friend who she uh, was a fighter pilot when she presented as a man in the Air Force. And then she taught as a man in uh, school, the Utah school system. When I was running my non-discrimination legislation uh, so that LGBTQ people couldn't be discriminated against work. That's where we connected. She says that saved her life because she, she couldn't hide anymore. And so she sent me a message probably two years ago. She said, I sense you're not doing well because all my Facebook bullshit. She said, I sense you're not doing well. Um, meet me here. So I met her. And so she said, how are you doing? I said, I'm just, 
I'm just so fucking pissed off at the Mormon church just because, you know, everything they were doing with uh, LGBTQ issues and medical cannabis and just really hurting good, vulnerable people. So she told me about her journey, you know, and, and uh, you know, poor, poor me, right? Here she is, uh, you know, a woman living as forced to live as a man. The church finds out about it. They're just so harsh to her, you know, right before her child's marriage. And so uh, she, she looked at me. And so she said, do you think I don't have a beast inside of me? And I'm like, oh, well, yeah. So she said, I'll tell you the difference between you and me. I control my beast. Your beast controls you. She said, you need to get to know your beast, make friends, control your beast. So that's stuck with me ever since. She's super wise. So I knew after this intense thing where, okay, it's connection. It's about loving fiercely. I could feel my beast coming, that I was going to meet my beast. And uh, so I'm just in my mind, I'm scripting it. I'm like, it's going to have an eyeball hanging out, <laughs> broken off. And so uh, then I'm like, no, no, just settle down. Just meet what it is. And so it was feral 10-year-old me just living with all of that fear, all of that unprocessed stuff. I mean, it was just like, a feral wild child that would eternally just wild and be out of control. And uh, so that was interesting. I didn't, I just met him and saw him. I didn't know what to do at the time. And so, uh, you know, that probably carries us on to the fourth. So let's take a break on that. Any, any observations you have, any experiences? I, I mean, I'm bursting at the seams, Mike, is it okay for me to talk about my recurring dream right now? Yeah, I think it's, uh, there's actually a perfect time for it. <laughs> so, Steve, just so you know, Mike, Mike and I, for the last, I don't know, how long has it been, Mike? Five, six months, maybe more, that we've been journaling, logging our dreams? How long did you say? I don't know, five or six. Well, it doesn't, yeah. I guess the amount of time doesn't matter. But So, we've been logging our dreams. And for the first time in my whole life, Steve, I have had a recurring dream. And I'll be very brief. The, the dream is this. I'm in a cave. Me, I, Doug, is in a cave. And when the dream begins, I'm battling a monster, a beast. I'm battling a big green beast. Mm-hmm. He's jumping from crag to crag, and he's fast and Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, type, Hulk type. Of, I mean, just all of the different, like he's green. And I have, I don't have a gun. I have, I have medieval weapons. I've got spears, bows and arrows, daggers that I'm throwing. And we're just having this epic battle. And I defeat the beast. And then I move on in the cave. I had this fucking dream two nights in a row. Wow. I move on in the cave. And there emerges Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Sweet. Hell yeah, right? Love Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Hell yeah. yeah. Give me some Jumanji. Give me some Fast and Furious. <laughs> Give me more Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The other guys, the other guys, when they go off the building, aim for the bushes. Aim, that's the yeah, best, yeah, that's yeah, the best exactly. cinematic move, moment ever. It's it, it's so well done where it's like Samuel Jackson and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Anyway, so, so The Rock emerges and he is in his full glory. Like he's shirtless. And, you know, he's got, I mean, he's, he's tattooed everywhere and he's, he's, a, he's the perfect man. He's charming, charismatic, movie star, everything. Cue the porn music. 
Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> but I know in my dream, in my dream state, I know this is the final boss. Like I got a bit now I have to battle him. I just beat this, I just beat this monster. Yeah. Now I gotta beat Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And so he's he's oily and glistening and he's flexing every muscle he has. And I'm trying to figure out how I'm gonna fight this dude. And suddenly in the dream, both times in the dream, I'm like, wait a minute. Wait just a minute, homie. Walk up to him and hug him. Why are you guys fighting? Why the fuck are you fighting? <laughs> so in the dream, I go up and I embrace Dwayne, The Rock, Johnson. And he uh, tentatively and hesitantly at first hugs me back and then fully commits. And we hug and he dissolves. And that's where I wake up both nights, two nights in a row. He, he dissolves and I wake up. Wow. So you're now, by the way, Steve, I told Mike about this dream this week. Yeah. Wow. And now you're talking about this beast inside of you yeah. and, and, and learning to control the beast rather than let the beast control you. And I'm sitting here going, man, this sounds really, really uncomfortably familiar <laughs> to yeah. some shit I've been dealing with. Well, this week. And it's interesting when Steve was talking about his inner Polynesian warrior. Well, yeah, do you think I wasn't going crazy when he talked about that? Yeah, because like you, it's like your inner Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I mean, that's you, buddy. <laughs> that's your soul image. <laughs> you know, and the funny thing is, man, if if I had listened to this a few years ago, I'm sh- I imagine if you'd listen, you'd go, wow, three druggies just talking gibberish, you know? Right. <laughs> but I look at the changes in my life. This is metaphorical. And what I think what I think it is, is I think it's ac- it's accessing the uh, the subconscious, right, that drives yeah. us. And I, you know, just seeing it in metaphor, seeing it in vision, because when I saw this feral 10 year old child, that's my brain just putting in picture, dude, you got mommy issues. You got it. This is arrested development you need to heal some stuff from your childhood. It's the symbols it uses, right? But the the symbols speak so much. And I I totally get what you mean. It was funny. I had this moment yesterday where I've been starting, you know, to treat the world, the waking world as a lucid dream. And it's been fascinating to see things like if we were talking about a dream like this, if I were talking about what happened today in a dream, like I'd be like, yeah, the symbolisms are so intense. So I have a lot of hip issues tight hips and yoga has solved like not solved but like literally healed 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 my hips but you know when i stopped doing yoga for a while they get tight again so i'm like you know what i'm gonna look up what do tight hips mean spiritually right so i searched tight hips spiritual meaning i'm reading this article and it's like um you're sitting at a desk too long, dude. <laughs> means you're sitting too long. <laughs> That's the spiritual significance of tight hips. <laughs> oh, shit. Right. Right. That's funny. <laughs> anyway, a little yeah. antidote there. But. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, that's that's the yeah that was the that was the uh, commercial break for step three. Let's move to step four, man. This story is I love this. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So step four, it's becoming the medicine, right? At first, I would just sit on the sedan and be carried around to the beautiful lights, the shapes, um, the colors. And then I started doing more of the work, right? Like the guy, Giancarlo, told me, he's like, lay on the mat, 
do the work, ask the medicine. So the medicine has been showing me. And so I started carrying it out of the ceremony, just realizing, man, I have a law degree. I can really help out some people. And, you know, I believe in karma. And so just helping some folks with the kind of work I don't usually do, you know, custody and all that sorts of stuff. And uh, great connections with that and fabulous connections with, with other women in my life who they just wanted to connect with me. And I connect with a lot of people, but for some reason, you know, the people that I get closest to, and especially women, I just kind of melt down on certain things. You know, I get clingy, I get needy, and I hate using those words because I would have denied it because I didn't see it, but it's just true, you know, that, and so I'm just coming more whole. Again, more independent Steve, where I don't have this codependency. And so I'm more available and just having real relationships. And so in the last ceremony I'm going to talk about, um, I didn't really get anything out of the ceremony. Um, hardly anything. Just all these distracted thoughts. Couldn't piece anything together. And I'm kind of frustrated by it. And then I did have, I talked to the guide that I was working with and I said, I can't hold a thought. I need help with this. And he dialed me in for 10 minutes and I had a glorious unifying vision um, about other people. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I am going to keep that one to, to myself. Um, but then I came home and actually had become the medicine where the next night I'm just sobbing as intensely as I ever have in a ceremony because I'm just seeing things. Then the next morning, you know, so this is 24 hours after I'm again, just sobbing, seeing what's driving me. And this is when I really saw I have, I walk through life scared. I've never got off that corner. I feel like I'm alone. So the people who love me, it's kind of like, you know, swimming out to drowning man. It's just, I just grab them. I hold them. And it's just so tough to love me because I just come from such a needy point and perspective. And so I'm really not whole to the people who love me most. And what I realized, you know, I talked earlier about getting the letter that tells me, okay, it's time to live your life of shit. It's time to give up everything good and live under the bridge. I've always said that to people. I know I'm going to get the letter someday. It scares me. And well, that's, that's me coloring my world. I've been under that bridge. That's what I realized with this. That's the fourth step when I could live, love myself fiercely. I put myself under that bridge to where I'm just down in, I realize it's the moat with the castle right there. All I have to do, there's so much love, so much abundance out there for me. I just have to have the courage to climb up and then I'm in the castle. Yeah. And that's when I was able to go to my wife and say, holy shit, here's what I think it is. And, you know, we then quickly got a, you know, therapist and life coach and we're talking through these things and, um, there's just tremendous healing and magic in the mushrooms. I, I walk through life now as a giant, and uh, I, I didn't before. I had good things, you know, positions and titles, but I walk through life needy, dependent, uh, smaller than I could be. And it's just so fun to stand 
tall. Holy smokes. And so thank you. We, we talked about doing this podcast and I love part of what I think the divine assembly is going to do. Fungus grows out of death and decay. And so I think the divine assembly, part of it is, you know, mining the death and decay of the Mormon religion, right? Mm. We're, we have needs. We, we had some really shitty programming and dogma. I couldn't have fully told this story, you know, when we talked about it a month, two months ago. So boom, 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 delay this, that, the other. And now I don't think this is the end of the story, but this at least is a good place to package the story and maybe it benefits someone who's out there. Wow. I love how you just said that, reminding the death and decay of the Mormon religion, because that's how you just put into words what's kind of been coming up for me with the podcast. And we talk about this on these, you know, Mormonism being descended from dreamers and visionaries and pioneers. Um, and then, you know, you, as, as you were talking about back in 2009, when that all came crumbling down for you, the death of that and how much of a dark night of the soul that was, but then how much of a diamond, how beautiful it is in this rebirth. And I think that's what we're seeing with all these people coming out, you know, and uh, yeah, my core, I'll point out my core was rotting the next eight years or the next, did I do the math right there? The next seven years. And that makes a very fertile ground for some mushrooms to grow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So Mycelium love the rot. Yeah. <laughs> let's say that, let's say the divine assembly, the divine assembly as many times as we can, because I think more, I mean, just the more people that can, connect and get involved, the more healing can happen. The divine assembly. What, what's the, vi so Steve, where, where did, we talked about it at the very beginning, but where did the, vi the vision or the inspiration for putting this together, where, where did it come from? Um, just believing that I could build connections to other people and believing that I truly was communing with the divine. When I get into this mystical state of consciousness where, where God or the divine dwells, um, to me, I call that the Holy of Holies, the Sanctum Sanctorum, where it is, it is a non-normal state of consciousness, and that is where the magic is. And so that's the task, is bringing that into our lives. And I just realized this is religion, and there's a lot of shit religion out there that teaches bad things. You know, remember my fight toward the end of the legislature, my career there, and then ever since it's been fighting for, I'm on the Equality Utah board, fighting for beautiful, wonderful, whole humans who happen to be, you know, LGBTQ. And uh, most of that in Utah is fighting against religion, fighting against God, right? Fighting against Mormon God. And uh, so I realized Wait, if in the public arena, if someone says, here are the facts, here's the evidence, and someone else says, yeah, well, God says this, then they win, right? And so we shy away from saying the word religion, right? We can say mm -hmm. psilocybin, you know, entheogens, they give a spiritual experience. And well, you have to say the R word. You have to say religion if you want to get the First Amendment legal protections, and so I figured I need to say the word because this is, if, if religion exists in the world, this is it. Wow. And so we have one tenant, that one tenant, well, be safe, safety always.
But that one tenet is you can commune directly with the divine through the psilocybin sacrament. Now, understand, it doesn't have to be that. It can be through yoga. It can be through meditation, other things. But we believe that sacrament can get us there. And so since that is our one tenet, you can commune directly. Everyone can commune directly with the divine for guidance. You don't need any more dogma. You don't need any doctrine. I do not aspire to be replacement Dallin Oaks for anyone. people say say, what's your role are you a prophet i'm like oh god heaven help us if i am what about Uh, oopdorf though i see some silver fox in you (laughs) you know there's some good in him i wish he'd i wish he'd stand taller yeah um but uh you know so so i figure this is religion and i say no my i'm a lawyer that's what i do and people are people say oh you're doing this to to get around the controlled substance act yeah no shit I mean, that's that's part of this. Every organized religion avails itself of the law for some reason. Right. Yep. Otherwise, they just sit yeah. under trees and say we're a spiritual group. So I'm an organized religion and I do need the laws to protect the sacrament that I believe in and other people join with. And so I want to build a community exactly along the lines of the mycelial network, like we did in our first assembly, where we had a node with my dear friend, Ashley Bracy. In her place, we had we had something we televised out to the world. Then we went to another node on the mycelial network where we had three DJs that just lit it up. And then in our node, we had ungodly amounts of fun. And uh, then other, I posted something today on Facebook. Another in another node, a friend of mine was just painting using this as inspiration. And other people keep telling me what they were doing. So I just want to connect and. You know, we're not going to be the one true mushroom church. Whatever we are, we're going to be smaller than the whole, right? And let's have our community that connects with every other wholesome community that's out there. That's the vision. And I'll add, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So anyone who, I mean, social media, I suck on that. And so anyone who wants to jump in and help with that, help with ceremonies, let's reclaim some rituals. If you feel we had our first uh, marriage a wedding ceremony. One of our oh, ministers yeah. performed the ceremony, uh, married a gay veteran, a female minister. That's exactly as it should be. Let's baptize. Let's bless. Let's resurrect. You know, what, what can we do to reclaim ceremony and ritual? And the process for joining is very simple. I did it myself. Um, yep. So I am a, I am an official member it's much easier than converting to Mormonism or Catholicism or Judaism. It's uh it's uh yeah, I don't name, think name an email. And if, if you're shy about doing that, make up your name, make up the email. That's it. a venerable religious tradition. Take on the new name. Hell yeah. Dan. Dan's my new name, by the way. I yeah. I went I went my whole life as a single syllable D name, and then I got Dan in the temple, and I was like, come on, God, can I get something cool? Dan, so that that's a big step when you reveal the temple name, right? How yeah. long how long had you been out of church before you uh, revealed it? Years, maybe maybe yeah. three or four years before I revealed mine, and then longer before I revealed to my wife who had forgotten hers. Yeah, I revealed hers to her, and and now I speak openly about Dan and Miriam uh, just out on the town having a good time. <laughs> my wife was not going to forget Martha. She's like. <laughs> Wow, that's a, that's a humdinger. Yeah, uh, yeah. but it took me a couple of years before I told her. Um, I love that concept when you're talking about nodes. Oh, so oh yeah, cool. same. See, I saw you post. I think it was the day of the ceremony, uh, and you were in your pajama jumper. 
with some yeah my toy some, story the to- toy story toy yes and there were some other couple other beautiful people with you also just i'm like this is what i want <laughs> it was it was so oh. much fun and then hearing the stories of her and us we're gonna do it again december 12th and um when when we come out of the caves after covid um i would love to just go around and do this you know place to place to place we come together let's have a communal meal let's trip together let's have awesome music and you know then have a meal afterwards that ain't a bad life and let's just come together and hang out let's make friends let's make connections and worship i love it Steve, how how can uh, how can people find? We've said the Divine Assembly a lot of times, but how can people find find y'all? So we have a Facebook page, the Divine Assembly, and then we have a website, thedivineassembly.org. Okay. Yeah. And just another plug: membership's easy. I did it. Didn't take me even very long. It was after we had our uh, phone call a month or two ago. Yeah, we have like, about yeah. two hundred fifty people who joined. Hell yeah. yeah. And if they ever regret their decision, which they won't, but if they do and they say they want to go, do they have to go through like a quit? They have to get lawyers to leave? Yeah, they have to, they have to get a whole team of lawyers. No, shit. <laughs> Is there a disciplinary council where a bunch of people in like Jedi robes and like Toy Story pajamas sit around and judge a woman? Um, no, you know, of course not. Because again, I don't aspire to be downloads, but that is something I do need to get serious about is, you know, I'm saying you're a minister, you can do things. And I'd hate to have bad stuff done in the name of the divine assembly, because I want this to be a healthy, wholesome organization. So that's where I do get serious, because the beauty about psychedelics, including psilocybin, is we get in these open, vulnerable conditions. And uh, that's a place where you know, you name the type of abuse, it can happen there. And so I especially need some help in that. How do we, we have stuff on the website where, you know, if there's sexual abuse reported, here's where you report it. And, you know, any other thing, here's how we address it. But, uh, you know, I do need there because that, that crap does sneak into religious communities. And if we can figure out great ways to preclude that stuff, you know, I just do want this to be safe. Now I am trying to, one thing I'm doing is trying to push myself off the stage and push women to the, allow women to come to the forefront. Um, You know, again, the first assembly we broadcast from Ashley's house, uh, then went to two of our three DJs were women. We held something called psilocybin in the beehive. 12 of our 14 presenters were women. So, you know, I think that's the way part of the thing is just kind of get the, the white man off the stage. He's been on the stage for a fucking long time, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. And I say yeah. this is two white men are hosting this podcast. But. I was going to say, I, I saw something the other day that said, what do you call a, a large group of white men? Uh, it's a, a podcast. Yeah. Right? yeah no. Here we are. Guilty. <laughs> All right, Steve, thank you so much. We, I mean, honestly, we might as well just turn the keys over to the podcast to you. This has been, I mean, I'm, I'm swimming in it right now, man. Thank you so much. This is so good. Well, thank you. I think it's really important what you're doing. You're, you've put a stake in the ground and people are finding it. And, um, you know, we're all kind of new in this space, learning from each other. And I love how open you are about what you do and also that you're having fun. I think this stuff doesn't, of course, it's going to be serious. It has to be somewhat serious to heal, but it also can be a lot of fun. So much fun. Been a lot of fun. So much fucking fun. <laughs> yeah. Love it. 
Awesome. I love you. Right. Thank you, Steve. I, I love you, man. That, 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 I, that you have, you have, you have chiseled loose some things inside of me tonight that I need to go deal with. Thank you so much. Yay. This is, this is integration, right? It's a two-way thing. And, uh, congratulations and good luck with that. I hope you'll share your journey with, uh, with me and then the world at some point. Yeah. And I love your Polynesian warrior and (laughs) let's trip together. Uh, very soon. (laughs) Soon. Soon. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks guys. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to Mormons on Mushrooms podcast. We had so much fun recording it. And if you love it, we would absolutely love it if you could leave a review on wherever you get your podcasts. It would really help our visibility so more people can listen to it and be enlightened and hear our crazy stories. So thanks again for tuning in.